Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of the beautiful podcast. How are you this fine 8th of February? Cannot believe it. We're already nearly a third of the way through the month of February. Uh, and uh, actually, by the time we speak again, it'll have been uh, Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to those who celebrate or at least so have been Valentine's Day in some parts of the world. So happy Valentine's Day to those who celebrate and in some parts of the world. Uh, friends, I am uh, I am pretty excited. Today is um, the 8th of February, like I say. Really nice day here in San Francisco. I don't know if you've uh, seen it all in the news, but California has had some uncharacteristically violent winds and rains in the last week or so. So I'm staring out my window. It's a beautiful blue day. Just uh, elated to be here, waiting for springtime to arrive. And I'm already looking at my pretty packed uh, speaking schedule for the year. You know, pay attention uh, uh, to my um, to my Twitter slash X uh, account and my YouTube channel, and you'll, you know, you'll be able to find me in all sorts of different places, uh, uh, among which are Vox Days Bucharest, uh, and of course, DevOx in uh, Atlanta. So uh, I'll see you there. If you're not uh, there, well, then just don't worry. There's all other places as well. It's going to be an amazing week. And of course, uh, I expect I'll be at Spring IO in Barcelona as well another great event so really just a really amazing season upon us right we're nearly uh out of, out of winter uh which i which is good well i guess we're not out of winter yet really we got like a month and a half left at least but we're you know we're halfway there <laughs> which is really all that matters right the the warmer temperatures are upon us the days are getting a bit longer uh i love this time of year and um i was just in switzerland and i was there for voxed days cern where uh incidentally i gave a talk Looking at some of the new features in Spring Boot, and you know, you know me, that's how I do. And uh, uh, that talk was fairly well received. It's, uh, you know, among the more popular talks on DevOx, DevOx's YouTube channel at the moment uh, that were up uploaded in the last few weeks. And uh, so anyway, I may all remember to put the link to that in the show notes. But either way, when I was there, I, uh, one of the nice things about these conferences is I get a chance to uh, bump into old friends and new, uh, new ones alike. And uh, there I saw my friend, uh, the good, the great, the amazing, the inimitable, Dr. Venkat Subramaniam. He and I will also be co-presenting, uh, probably, later this year. Um, so, yeah, we talk about that. He's, he's today's guest. Did I bury the lead? I shouldn't have buried the lead. He's today's guest, friends. The good, the great, the inimitable, the amazing, Dr. Venkat Subramaniam. And, um, you know, again, for reasons that I just mentioned, pay attention to my uh, uh, Twitter, at Starbucksman, S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-N. And uh, I'll have deets there in our uh, presentation appearances. And uh, and uh, friends, we just had a great time. I got a, uh, It was a good chance to sit down with an old friend and talk about some of the latest and greatest from from his perspective. Obviously, there's you know he's a Java champion like me, but he is the ultimate. Like uh, you know, he's he's uh, one of the best, if not the best. So uh, it's just a real privilege to sit down with him and learn from him. And I hope you get something out of it. I certainly did. Friends, as always, take care of yourself, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy today's episode. We are live. Look at that. Good stuff. Uh, 
So we, uh, so I botched the everything about the streaming up till this point. So my hope, doctor, is that uh, there's nowhere to go but up. It can only get better. That's what makes it real. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and also we're in the uh, where are we? We're in uh, the hotel for Boxed Days CERN, and yes, that CERN, the CERN, the one with the super colliders and all that, superconductors. No, not super, super colliders. Yeah. And um, I'm here with the, we're in the hotel rooms for, I guess, where some of the speakers are staying, right? And uh, I, I, I basically jumped on you in the hallway and dragged you in here. And I said, we have, we have to do a live stream because I'm a big fan. And uh, well, anyway, yeah, appreciate you being here. Uh, uh, would you mind telling people who you are? Like, I don't know. Just, oh, it, 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 it's great to be here. And, look at that. and there's uh, some people that have joined us already. Cool, cool, cool. So, so it's great to be here. It's it's Box Day CERN here. We are in Geneva, yeah. and uh, we we just came from uh, uh, you know uh, Lugano, where we Lugano. had oh, yeah. uh, amazing set of developers to interact with. Uh, it's been a fun experience talking to programmers about various things, and you spoke there as well. So, and it's, it's fantastic. Let's not dwell on the mistakes made. Okay, moving forward. Yeah. Like, you know, I, and you gave a keynote and you gave a talk as well, right? That's going to be, and we got, and we still have another event starting tomorrow, right? It is, it uh, is. Fun, fun, fun times. And and then uh, some inside baseball here. The 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 speakers are, like, me, notwithstanding, they're really good as well. So we, you and I have had a great time just hanging out with some really amazing people in our in our community our circuit we, we spent the entire day yesterday oh. you know you know just being on the train and just talking and geeking out and you and i wrote some abstract as well mm -hmm. for conferences yeah couldn't, couldn't ask for anything more where do we submit can we, we we can't tell you that this is a guaranteed thing but we can say that we hope yeah that our proposal for dev2 next which is it's your conference in Colorado, we're hoping that that'll get approved. And if it does, we'll be talking about... Well, so so the talk that I'm really interested in, it's a good segue into what we're gonna talk about today, yeah. is uh, is uh, things that have been evolving in Java. And and in particular, um, I'm really excited about the Project Loom related oh, yeah. virtual threads. So so we were in the train yesterday, yeah. and a topic that came to our mind is, what if we talk about a joint talk mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about what's in Project Loom. Yes. How does it benefit Java developers? Absolutely. And very specifically, how does it help Spring developers as well? They're Java developers. That's 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 basically and yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like a is it is it a, is a delegation or inheritance model? How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, whichever. Right. It's relationship. Right. And 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 so that's kind of the joint talk, and 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 I'm hoping we'll be able to do that. A few times before Dev Two Next, yes, in other conferences as well. There's another one revealed right now, but okay, we will. Yeah, we, no, no. it's gonna be accepted before we can, you know, be brag about brag it. Brag about it, yeah. yeah. But Dev Two so, Next, maybe there's a shot, maybe. given that it's your your show. If then, the program committee, yeah, yeah, accepts and, me. <laughs> My name is on it, so I'm, I doubt if they would accept it. But <laughs> I can't wait for that show. That's in that's it. which is it Denver or Boulder or which part of Colorado? De Denver. And when is it? October first week. And it's dev2next.com. -E That's it. Number okay. two. If you're number two next. anywhere near, yeah, like, basically. Or, or far. 
Yeah, just come. It's yeah. this is the good Dr. Subramaniam. He just asked a bunch of friends and me to to come talk and uh, you know, you know, you you have good people in your Rolodex. But but I want to talk about yeah. What's what's happening in Java? That, wait, that's what I'm excited about. Oh, talk. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. It just occurred to me. It is so late. If this was you, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. You would have been on this a minute ago. But it just occurred to me. Our talk about Loom and Spring is not just a joint talk. It's a thread that joint. Oh. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Or is it thread dot wheat? Because the last time we did a joint talk. Oh. Well, oh we no. Don't want to talk. No. No. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about good things. We we had a. We did a talk from this from this bottom of the stage with our laptops on our lap. It was a, it was okay. Nobody died or anything, but it was uh, could have gotten better. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, speaking of the train, we were on we were on the train talking to cool people. That that describes the Java community to me. We're on we're on the train towards progress, and uh, I think right now the theme of my hypothesis of all my talks of late has been there's never been truly never been a better time to be a Java developer. So so, so here's the deal. Yes. When you know, I, I'll admit, and, and people know this, um, I was not a fan of Java at all. Yeah. This was back in 2010 time frame. Mm -hmm. um, I used to get hate emails. <laughs> I, I've saved some of those. Oh, no. And the emails would literally say, I hate you, Venkat, because you hate Java. And, and that changed for me, honestly. And I think Java deserves every bit of the credit for it is with Java 8. Yeah. Because Java 8 with functional style of programming in it was super exciting for me. Yeah. And honestly, I'm almost reliving that excitement, maybe a little bit more. Yes. With Java 21. And the reason for that is in Java 8, you had to put effort right to read the benefit. Right. In Java 21, you don't have to almost put any effort yeah. to reap the benefit. We're talking about virtual which, which virtual threads. How, right. how cool that is. Oh, so, good. So, so, so the idea to me is you're able to take your existing multi-threaded code, mm -hmm. whether you wrote the multi-threaded code yourself or you're using a framework like Spring or mm -hmm. other frameworks. There are other to, frameworks? What are you talking about? <laughs> is, to, is to leverage the ability to scale your application. Right without really having to do a lot of coding. And, and so this is, when you say this, surely you're talking about reactive programming, right? No. Let me, let me, re, let me, re, let me, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. I got a little bit of a perspective on it. Okay. So here's my perspective. Reactive programming scales your application. Yeah. Virtual threads sale. so I'm sorry, let me, let me restate it. Reactive programming scales your services. Yeah. Virtual threads scales your servers. That's my take on it. I like that. So the reason I say that is, and I completely disagree with the statement I'm going to say, okay. because a lot of people say this. They say that virtual threads will kill reactive programming. I beg to differ. I agree. I differ because of two reasons. I agree to with me, your differing. To, yeah, to me, Reactive programming uses two distinctive benefits. The, the first benefit is that you can be asynchronous in your communication. Right. The second is you can benefit from back pressure. Yes. Virtual threads addresses the first problem. Yeah. You can be asynchronous. Right. If you are using reactive programming for back pressure, 
there's still value in it. And there's a third one too, hmm. ease of composition. With reactive programming, everything is a publisher and now you have a nice, easy way to describe streams of data. Almost an ease of composition. Yeah. Except when you have to deal with exceptions, but that's yeah. a different story. Well, yeah. But the point to me is that you are able to leverage, you're able to benefit really in here by, so, so ignoring that, right? Mm -hmm. You are able to take your existing application, you're using executor services, let's say, yeah, with one, in a way, and this is exactly what I want to demo in our talk that we're going to do, is to show that with, so to use metaphorically, <laughs> one flip of a switch, right? this is where I feel like virtual threads are like aspect-oriented programming. And the reason yes. I say that is your, your code is here, but you are able to separate your threading mechanism up here. Right. So your implementation is, is the tactics. Right. Your threading is your strategy. Right. It, just like AOP, I can use a regular executor service and, and my code is blocking, or I can just flip a switch and I can make it make my executor service a virtual thread, right. and the code doesn't know that it's that, that's being changed, but it turns into a non-blocking. Right. And to me, that is super cool, super powerful. Right. And with so little effort, my only recommendation to programmers is don't go telling the boss that this is so simple. Right. 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 <laughs> Tell the boss. This is going to take three weeks of effort. Yeah, it's got to be done by the beach. Right. Yeah. That's when it, the implementation yeah. works. So it's a solar-powered thread implementation. This a makes sense. Power yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're the beach. Yeah. It's it's both wind and solar powered. Uh, uh, that, that's what I love about this idea. I love yeah, I love it too. I love and uh, what I also love, that's a great explanation. The idea of AOP of it is so minimally invasive, and I think Big people up. when people. Just how ridiculously, absurdly well done. And, and you're going to show how you can take that non-invasive idea right. that you can exercise in Java yeah. all the way to Spring. We're going to do it together. But and what, what I think people, but I think most of it is just understanding the following, which is, hey, there are things in the JDK that have traditionally stopped you where you stand in the thread of execution. Just even if you just have one thread, if you do input stream.read, you wait until that method returns. You don't get to do anything until after that's done. And things like thread.sleep, these are blocking operations. And the problem with that isn't a big deal if you just have one thing happening in public static void main, but as soon as you have multiple threads with things doing that, now you're wasting time on that thread when other people could be using it. So, 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 so here's the analogy I like to use. Yeah. Imagine you're going to a good restaurant. Okay, and, and like the one we went to yesterday. A couple that we entered yesterday, they were all good. Yeah, very good. But but I think that's a, that's a you know if the, the waiter comes to you and says, "What would you like to drink?" Yeah. And you say, "What do you have?" They give you a list of things you have you can mm -hmm. have, and then you're like, "I'm not sure what I'm in the mood for. What do you recommend?" Uh, when you drag your chair, sit down next to us, and talk about it, that's not going to be an effective use of the waiter. The right. the, the restaurant is going to go out of business. Uh, a good waiter will tell you to think about it, and mm -hmm. then politely walks away right. while you think about it. And then when you make a decision, the waiter comes over, or if you're having a meal, it may not be the same waiter. It could be yet another waiter right. who, who pours water, right? You know, because you're thirsty and you're running out of water. And and what if threads in Java behave like those good waiters? Are those waiters time on the CPU? 
uh, they're not just time in the CPU, they're resource being used, which yeah. is a thread, which is limited. Right. So, so, so that's where the scalability really comes in. A restaurant cannot scale to a large number of people if they're all focused to one on, on one, one task, one, one customer, yeah. or one table rather. And, and so to me, that's the power of the virtual thread yeah. is that threads are non-blocking and, and they are able to really serve when a task is ready to run. Mm -hmm. But when a task is not ready to run, the thread is not being held hostage. Right. So, so to, to me, that, that's the power. Right. That's, and that's, so when you talk about these tasks, that's the waiting for the bytes and thread.sleeping and these very common, and you can just continue doing those same things but now it just automatically lets the waiter wait, waiter go do something else. Yeah. Same code. You just, you change nothing, and then suddenly the waiter is able to get up and go do something else, where before it would be stuck there waiting for your answer. Which which means if you take uh, applications like uh, you know frameworks like Spring, yeah, the number of threads. Oh yeah. That you can entertain, just goes through the roof. Skyrockets. Yeah, absolutely. Which means. Not only are you able to give a better scale for your application, yeah, you don't have to screw the environment to do that. Yeah, it's quite the quite quite the contrary, yeah. Because in Save the, the turtles, you right. virtual threads. Because in the past, there's only so many threads you can have on a box, right? So what do you do? Be elastic. Yeah. So so why do you want to be elastic? You want to be elastic for scale, mm -hmm. or you want to be elastic for availability, right? You still want to be elastic for availability. Yeah, more than one. More than one. But to the extent you have to be elastic for availability. That just went down a lot. Is far less than yeah. you have to be elastic for scale. But if you're able to reduce the need for being elastic for right. scale, look at who doesn't want that. And not only is that better on the environment, your boss doesn't have to send that big money every month. Oh, the big bill to, to the, the cloud services. Yeah, yeah. And you can, you should ask, you should tell the boss, I need extra incentives. Not only, not only does this need to be done by the beach, but I think if we save any money, I think it would be better divided by the, by and uh, given to the team. That, that I think you should just write the contract right. before you release. Before you do it, that, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I don't think they need you, your advice and my advice for no, that. No, no, they, they can figure that out. I and and yeah, I'm a huge fan of what Java 21, and it seems like you, you, you don't hate it. Looks like. Um, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, that's what excites me, honestly. Right? It's, it's like, there's not like this one benefit and you're done. No. And you get this benefit that you don't have to put much effort. And then you get the benefit of scale. You get mm -hmm. the benefit of the environment. You get the benefit of cost saving. Right. The only catch is that you got to upgrade to Java 21, but everybody has upgraded, right? I sure should. I sure hope so. <laughs> I, why would we even question such a question? Actually, yeah. I'm, I think most people are now working moving to 22, which looks promising. But we have a, speaking of other great things in Java, we have this lovely question. Doctor, other than virtual threads, what do you think about the Big Bang that will be brought by pattern matching? That's a great question. So so, so here's the interesting aspect about- Thanks uh, for the question uh, there, um, yeah. Salem. Yeah, so here's the aspect. Of, of pattern matching that, that's exciting, and, and thanks for the question, is um, traditionally, we've been doing object-oriented programming. And when we do object-oriented programming, we leverage polymorphism. Right. And so polymorphism gives us an opportunity for us to bring up different implementations right. based on the object type. That's great, but there are times it's an overkill because there are times when you truly want to switch between multiple implementations. For example, 
let's say you're receiving a message. Mm -hmm. And based on the message type or the data in the message, you want to perform a different action. As powerful as object window programming is, it's an overkill to handle that with inheritance. Right. If you take that route, by the time you're done, you just created a monster. Right. You got a bunch of interfaces and a bunch of classes, and it, it feels a lot enterprisey and heavyweight. And invariably, you end up with all these like if instance of blocks and, and all that. You, know, you have one hierarchy that's shoving everything that doesn't make sense. And and, and how you mentioned writing test cases of that. No, 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 no. Testing. That to me is the fun part of pattern matching is that pattern matching elegantly solves the problem in an area where polymorphism, as powerful as it is, right. is not a right fit. You sound like you're talking about Brian Getz's data-oriented programming. It, it, it is. And, and, and the key here is to really, for us as programmers, yeah. is to understand when object-oriented programming is the right choice and when data-oriented programming is the right choice and to be able to discern. Yeah. And, and that is one of the challenges is we, we shouldn't approach design with this. This is a hammer and right. I need to use it. We got hammers, we got chisels, we got screwdrivers, we got tools. Yeah. And this just gives us yet another tool and, and make it wise choice based on the problem you have. And it's nice that we can do that in Java, a language that has been around for nigh on 30 years almost, and still have new features that work seamlessly and work you know, nicely with other stuff that's been around for years. What a privilege. And, and that's the power, right? The, the power to us as programmers is when a language gives us tools that we can selectively choose and use right. where it actually makes sense. Love that. And, and that's the power we get with, with, these, with these features. I love, we just talked about some, and obviously we have a few more minutes, but we just talked about some of these features, but obviously I think people, it's, Java 21 just came out in September. It's brand new. People are going to want a handy reference, a guide. What should they be reading? I think, didn't you just write a book? Uh, Cruising Along with Java is a book in progress. Oh. Because I want to complete the book with virtual threads. Yes. And also structured concurrency. Yes. I love structured concurrency. Oh, so you're waiting for the new, uh, the part three. So everything in the book is done except for structured concurrency and right. virtual threads. So if anybody wants to read it, pragprof.com. Pragmatic Press, right? Uh, Pragmatic yep. Programmers Press. Yep. I would okay. love for people to read it because that's why I wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. So, so you're talking about, so Project Loom broadly, or the, the code name is Virtual Threads. It's uh, the structured concurrency and it is the um, thread local alternative called values, right? Scope values. And so they've got the first one, the first tranche of the three, right? That's there, virtual threads. Scope values is not quite there, but it's preview. Structured concurrency is not quite there, but it's preview. And so for a lot of people, you're just looking to save money. That's already there. You can upgrade sure. to Java 21, move to virtual threads. And like you said, but these other two bits, they promise to now, now that we've got the ability to wield threads cheaply, wouldn't it be nice if it was more pleasant to do multi-threaded programming? And that's where these last two bits are. It, it is. And, and, and the power is to really understand the use cases where they make sense. Yeah. And, that's and, my mind, your book. And, and that's what I'm focusing on the book, but, but more also, that's, that's the story we need to really focus on for developers to understand is, is how can we benefit and, and how we are able to really you know, 
get excited about these things. Right. Uh, thanks, thanks for the comment. Uh, it, it's been fun experience writing it. I've had obviously help from amazing reviewers right. who have reviewed the book, and I've had a lot of help, and I'm very humbled and thankful for that. But uh, but it's a but it's a journey, right? And and that's one of the things that excites me is um, the language gives us these tools that we can benefit from, and 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 that's what going back, circling back to what I started with, is is converted me honestly, and I'm so happy for this, right? From being a hater of Java, yeah, to an ardent lover and a fan of Java. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I was never a hater, but I I it's easy to see why other languages are interesting. Certainly, nobody uh, knows more than you what it, what it is to find uh, joy and relief in yeah. other languages. You're a polyglot, if any. Oh, no, that's, a, that's fair, right? Uh, my hate was not towards Java. My hate yeah. was towards no progress yes. for Java. Right. That was my problem, right? right. And, and uh, of course, this, this kind of brings back to yet another topic, which blows my mind. I mean, we could be talking forever, I think. Okay. But, 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 but this is the cool part. We, we think about Java as this one, one thing. But if you really think about it, you know, you and I travel a lot. Mm -hmm. We got all developers, you know, we, we, are, we are living in a world where people are born in a city these days. They, they live in another city or they go travel to a city and they right. go back to visit it. You know, I saw somebody there who said, I, I've been there 10 years ago and I'm visiting again. <laughs> when you go back to a city, you see it different. Oh yeah. And that is because the people who are living there in that time between the time you visited and right. now are different. Similar to Java, right? Java is not being developed today by the same people no. who created Java. It's, sometimes it's hard to remember that in our minds. Yeah. And, and we look at Java as this one language. But, but Java is not the same language because Java is not being developed by the same people. Right. And, and different sets of people have their own you know, ideologies, their own objectives and thoughts. And, and language design is influenced by the perspective of the people designing the language at a time. Right. And that's what excites me. There was a time when, when Java came out, it was exciting. Right. I fell in love with it. Likewise. There was there was, CNN. And then there was a time when there were no people to really push Java ahead. There were people maintaining Java. Right. And then when Java 8 came out, is a time when a new set of people came in, Phoenix. quite a number of them are still around, yeah, yeah. who got really excited and said, no, we need to push Java forward. And now Java is being moved, moved forward by uh, a few set of people who right. were not in the, in the beginning, but are keenly interested in Java. There's a reason why it, it's a vibrant language. Absolutely. I think it's an ancient proverb that says that you can't stand in the same Java 8 stream twice. Right. And Beautiful. It's true. Beautiful approval. Yeah. Um, the, by the way, the, despite that, despite the fact that what you just said is 100% true, and I've had the privilege of knowing some of the new people and some of the old people, and I'm sure you more even so, uh, but despite that, it's really hard to find where the seams are. Because think of it like a tapestry to which each person, each generation adds their own little patch. Mm -hmm. And uh, in other languages like C++, I know where the seams are. I know where this is disjunctive sort of uh, um, philosophy around language design. But Java feels, you know, some exceptions here and there, but it feels pretty cohesive. It feels like it's, despite the fact that, it, again, it's almost 30 years old, you yeah. know, like. Well, so on that point, uh, again, my goal is not to badmouth other languages. I no, want to make likewise. that very clear. 
if you look at C sharp as an example, mm -hmm. there were clearly the old way mm -hmm. and then the new way. And Ted Newman just made that same point completely separately, serendipitously just a few days ago. And then the, the, oh. the issue with this is the following, right? If you write the code in the new way, mm -hmm. if you write the code in the old way, right. they don't work together. They, well, they, they work together, oh. but they work together as being separate from each other, <laughs> right? This is like uh, you know trying to put two incompatible things together, right? And you kind of you're talking about seem and seamless. There, it's like you're just like what just happened? Yeah, here, right? it's, it's like a fork in the road. But the it's like, of Java is that the evolutions have been so cohesive. Take take example of uh, Java eight streams. Yeah. You can take pass a stream to a very old function that was accepting an interface with one abstract method. Right. These were very deliberate design decisions. And that's what excites me about the languages. You know, what people may complain about is what I appreciate about. Right. They say, oh my gosh, it's terrible. You got to use these interfaces. I'm like, whoa, whoa wait a minute. <laughs> but there's a reason why this exists yeah. is because of that interesting way of solving a problem, right? you got the ability to cohesively move forward oh, yeah. and, and leverage old code with the new approach. And, and that's exactly what I love yeah. about virtual threads. Because you wrote the code with executive services, mm -hmm. they didn't come to you and say, tough luck. If you have to use virtual thread, you got to change the whole damn thing. No, you don't. You can still keep the executive service right. and just flip the how you, yeah. Love that. And then that's what I love about Java is that they add the features, yeah. but they don't stick out like a sore thumb. No, no they there. are so cohesive yes. and it becomes natural to move forward. Yep. I mean, you, you keep asking these questions and I keep excited. <laughs> And then I keep praising more, but but that's what excites me about yeah that 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 beautiful way that it keeps evolving oh. in a in a so, so what that tells you is that the developers behind the language are not sitting there and saying what can I throw on the wall no they are putting <laughs> a lot of effort into this you're very polite I, I know I have a lot of respect for that right because. You and I work on software, mm -hmm. and we everybody who is here works on software, sure. and we complain about legacy system. Yeah, Java is one of the biggest legacy systems out there. Right. And can you imagine the number of people using Java, the biggest legacy system, or most biggest legacy system out there, oh, yeah. and how cohesively they're evolving it? That is a work of genius. In it is. And, you know, I... I will, I will never use Windows, but I give them a lot of credit. I can take an old machine from 10 years ago and I can upgrade it. And it's, if, this, if the hardware supports it, it'll upgrade. There, you don't get weird issues. You don't get corruptions. It just effing works. And I, and I think that is the same thing with Java. There's no reason to be afraid of it. You just, it'll work. And if it doesn't, it's a rare and to be able to move forward, right? Yeah. That, that's the key, is, is that you, you don't have to let go of what you know. You yeah. incrementally add on to it. So, so Java doesn't tell you you've <laughs> got to unlearn before you have to learn. Right. You can continue learning on, 
well, a little bit of unlearning would be nice. Yes, but use, but 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 not not but not everything that you know is obsolete. And and it's not like going from Angular one no, no. to Angular two, right? No. <laughs> but, Sorry that I mentioned. No, that. no. But, but I mean, you mentioned Windows. I had to mention Angular. So <laughs> we're even that. Well, but the uh, another one, another example is uh, like some unlearning is good. You, we don't want you to be using Corva, right? Like, mm. like they they never they, Arcom 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 Corva Arcom. Oh yeah, Orbs. Yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Com C way. Yeah, or or com yeah. from Microsoft. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the 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 thing that so you've got DCOM, which yes. is the distributed version of That's COM, right. yeah. but COM still exists in Windows. You can still use it for yeah. automating Visual Basic, or whatever. With okay. annoying, with annoying. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, all that to say, there are some things you should maybe unlearn, <laughs> but uh, but basically, Java doesn't ask you to unlearn much. It just it just treats you with respect, and your decisions yesterday are still valid today. You know, yeah. I love that. I love the uh, everything I've we, we've talked about. It just makes me want to read your book more. So pragprog.com. Um, are there any? Yes, that's a good point. Uh, Thank you, Simon. By the way. Yeah. yeah. Random. Okay. Some great points here. Let's let's go through this before. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, hello. Will this be available online? Yes, it's on YouTube.com forward slash at Coffee Software. You can find the this and many other. Uh, well, this is probably the best, but it, there's other videos there too. Um, uh, but there might be a situation where traditional threads might be better to use. How should we make that decision? Uh, prudently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that, that's a good, that's a really yeah. good question. Yeah. And virtual threads are amazingly good. Yeah. When you have I/O operations. Yeah. If your task is computation intensive, it makes no sense to use virtual threads. Right. So, so that's how you have to make a decision. Because you don't want the context switch anyway. You're trying to do something work. When you don't need that. Right. Yeah. It's a waste. There you go. Perfectly good answer. Uh, I do wish, uh, Simon adds, I do wish people would start using improved versions of certain tools. The amount of times I still get zero, uh, four with iterators. Uh, okay. Love the book. Yes. Uh, good. Is there, um, is there a real world example to show how to favor pattern matching over polymorphism? I assume um, they mean in your book. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, good conversation and discussion, of course. Uh, thank you. That's the good doctor here. Can relate. Java 1.6 and Java 14 have vastly different writing patterns. Yeah. Um, random question. How do you, how many people do you expect to write their own gatherers or do you expect it to be more relegated to certain libraries offering new ones? That's the new API that Victor Klang working on. Uh, I don't really know. I, I would say when in doubt, let others do it. Yeah, because because a lot of us have to focus on application development, right? That's the beauty of using libraries. Yeah, and and having Java do the hard work is we can not only benefit from it, we get an opportunity to mess up less. <laughs> and all of, I mean, with, with respect, yeah. because if I'm writing an application, when I'm writing an application code, I need to focus on getting my domain logic correct. Yeah, asking me to focus on that and the infrastructure is not a trivial thing. No, I've got enough to worry about. I, my skills are valid. I can just use them to keep going and I can plug in new things as necessary. Yeah. Um, this is great. Two, uh, thank you. This is very kind. Uh, uh, two of my favorite Java gurus in one place. I'm a big Kotlin user. What do you think about Kotlin coroutines future with virtual threads? And you wrote a great book on Kotlin to which I, I was a reviewer or for which I was a reviewer some years ago. 
and uh, yeah, I'm a common genie. One of, one of the things well. that excites me is uh, when 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 Java improves, all languages benefit. Yeah, but the beauty is this: the languages push the boundaries and show what works, what is useful, what is interesting. So, so to me, that is the this is this is in working in synergy, right? right? Languages show what's possible and what's interesting. Right. And Java says, great, now let me make it efficient for you. <laughs> and and so Java, sorry, Kotlin coroutines are enormously useful. Yeah. It will benefit a great deal from Java virtual threads. And in turn, it will push the boundaries for things that are not really core integral part of what Java wants to do. Right. And I think that's where we're going to keep seeing the benefits. I like that. And uh, are these new concepts in Java taking it closer to Erlang? I don't think so. Well, the pattern matching kind of. So, like so, so here's the deal. Um, the key is we don't want to think about a language moving towards another language. Right. Because things are way too broad for that kind of convergence. But what is really important is to for languages to provide the power so that the, lang the, the programmers who are using that language can be more mature mm -hmm. and leverage better tools. And, and uh, you know, when people compare, for example, they say, oh, Scala can do this, or GUI can do this. The point is not that any particular language can do it. It is the fact that you as a programmer using that language can benefit from some features. Erlang broadly has very different features than you may ever get in Java. Mm -hmm. uh, the lightweight processes in Erlang, the, the fail-safe mechanism in Erlang. The supervisor the, hierarchies and the, the OTP. The right? OTPs, the, the functional, truly functional nature of Erlang. Right. Those may not ever be achieved in a hybrid language like Java. So, so, so that cannot even be a goal, but there can be features that come from other languages, including Erlang. In, in that regard, when I wrote the book on Kotlin, that's one of the things I mentioned in the book is that Kotlin is like a cocktail. They really brought amazing features from so many languages into one. I would, I've seen programmers who, who are new to Kotlin say, it's like Python. Well, you know Python, so you see it. But then the, then the same version of Kotlin, somebody will say, that's like Groovy, that's right. like Ruby, that's like Perl, that's like... And yes, it's like all of that because the language really brought the features from all those languages, but in a cohesive way so we can benefit as programmers using Kotlin. Right. That's exactly the case with Java, is that as a Java programmer, you can benefit from these features and the goal is not to gravitate towards any particular language, but the goal is quite the opposite. Java's goal is not to move towards a language. Java's language is to move towards the developer. Right. So that the developer can be more productive using the language. Ah, okay. Meet them where they are. Meet them in the uh, paradigms that they need to su 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 support the problem space they're dealing yeah. with. That, that, that's, that's my wow. opinion. Yeah. That's brilliant. I like that a lot. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, oh, seeing both your faces warms my heart. 
looking forward. Oh, this is Hanno. Hi, buddy. Uh, this is very good to see you. And uh, we we are uh, our our faces are warmed as well because we're under this makeshift <laughs> studio lighting here. Um, but also look forward looking forward to seeing you as well. Um, I think I think we uh, this has been fun, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for the questions. Thanks for the comments. Really appreciate it. Thanks you. Uh, Thank you, Doc. I really, uh, as always, I'm a huge fan. Uh, uh, Dev2next.com. D-E-V-2, the number, next.com. I encourage everyone to go there. Um, don't let my being on the program dissuade you. There's actually some good speakers there. There are some good speakers there. You're there. That's the reason I want to go. I, I, I have to say, I'm the call for papers is still open, mm-hmm. but I'm amazed at the proposals we have received already. We have three more weeks. CFP is open. And honestly, I'm overwhelmed. I'm saying, genuinely, I'm saying it. I'm humbled by the submissions so far. Oh, wow. We got some fantastic speakers and fantastic topics, I have to tell you that. They've been keeping I've, I've been uh, keeping myself awake reviewing and, and the program committee has been active reviewing the right. the papers. It's it's fantastic to see this. It's gonna be great. Great problem to have. And it's in yeah. Colorado, which is such a cool place. You I mean come on, you gotta go. In October in Colorado is one of the most beautiful times. You get actual proper leaves and foliage and stuff. We're gonna have change of color. Yeah. The seasonal color change, the temperature. Uh my wife is uh, co-organizing this with me, Kavita. Okay. She was so particular. She was adamant about this, that she will not have the conference in the summer. And I'm like, let's do it in the summer. Like, nope, it's too hot. I'm not going to do it. Okay. And the winter is too cold. She was, she's the one who picked the date. She's brilliant. She picked the date and said, the temperature is beautiful during this year, time of the year. Mm -hmm. That's when we will do it. And she went shopping for the venue so hard. And she made it happen. So I'm, I'm thankful for her, and and so many others who are helping us with this. Oh, uh, sure. And and you know, also as you know, uh, but people in the audience may or may know, you know, like may not know, Europe disappears in the summer. So it's actually kind of brilliant. You might be the first thing in the queue on the hopper in the hopper, right when they come back from their vacation holiday. Yeah, yeah. looking forward. To, well, yeah. you know where to end the vacation. Colorado is a great place. Right. Colorado is <laughs> an amazing place. It's another little mini vacation yeah. where you learn stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. That's right. I look forward to it. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Are you on the internet? Do you want to be found? If so, where do people find you? People find us. <laughs> You're uh, on air. You don't, I guess you must, do you excrete on X? Right often? Uh, Twitter, Twitter.com forward slash Vencat underscore S. S. Yeah. Um, uh, or X. I always say that if people want to find you, they'll find you. Yeah. If it's not important, there are better things to do. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, folks. Thank you so much. And by the way, I love this comment. Look at that. Calling Java a legacy is like calling a vintage wine old grape juice. 100%. Let's end on that. <laughs>
I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.